What the fuck are we thinking? Fuck what doesn't fit. Fuck what didn't fit. Fuck what doesn't fit. Am I crazy? Probably, but do I care? No. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. This is our second episode of the Fuck What Doesn't Fit podcast. My name is Lorna Rose. I'm a communication strategist. Hey, and I'm Brenda Bennett. I am a, wow, what do we even call me anymore? An intuitive coach. I you are a coach. <laughs> I am that, a coach. We said we're back last week. Yes. You like, are a coach. That's right. <laughs> You're everything good about coaching. Oh, man. How is, uh, how is your weekend? How is your week? It's been a long one, I feel like. It's been a lot. It's been a lot, but, you know. It's been good. Just moving forward into that fear. Lots, lots of the fear, but moving forward. I feel that. I've been doing the same thing. I've been doing so much networking, just putting myself out there, trying to really find my footing exactly where I belong and, you know, just starting some shit on Twitter in the meantime. Oh, no. <laughs> Should I do that? Like, okay, wait, hear me out. Tell me <laughs> if I'm wrong, which I probably will be. Today on Twitter, i just happened to see a post. Uh, she's she's a corporate lawyer. I don't know who she is. She just showed up on my timeline. Poor her. Poor soul. And it was a photo of her in a private jet. And the caption was, I don't think this will ever get old. So I quote tweeted it and said, maybe when the earth isn't inhabitable anymore because of the reckless behaviors of humans that sped up the process of climate change, maybe that's when it will get old. But her response to me was, you're right. Climate change is all my fault. My bad. I'm like, okay, okay. First of all, ma'am, that's a pretty conclusory statement for a lawyer. I feel like you should know better. Second of all, that's obviously not what I said, but you felt some type of way that you needed to take it there. Sounds like a you problem. And then I muted her because this isn't a conversation I need to have. But at any rate, um, that is, you know, that's me. That's how I got my nickname of Mighty because I have a mighty mouth. And in some ways, yes, I know that that's part of my personality and who I am. But in other ways, I do kind of hate that about myself. And I really wish I didn't feel the need to throw my meager two cents into places that it is absolutely not welcome. Why am I like this? Hashtag hits me. I'm the problem. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's stop with the, the hating your yourself part that, you know, I am not going full woo and hippie to be trippy, love everything, everybody, but I think it's a common misconception. So it's not, you may dislike that part, but I think there's such an important learning that comes from understanding where we show up, how we don't want to show up anymore. Yes. I would love to not always show up as an antagonist on Twitter, but it's so hard not to when there's so many good opportunities <laughs> to point out people's obtuseness. Is that a word? Because that's how what it feels like. All right. All right. Let's dive into the parts. Let's dive into the part that uh, that wants to make sure everybody is intelligent and speaking correctly. And no, no. Okay. First, let's talk about what parts even are, right? So yes. you're with me. Let's make sure the audience is so really a part, this is, I really got this from Dr. Richard Schwartz, um, No Bad Parts, it's internal family systems. He's a um, psychologist, psychiatrist, and counselor who worked a lot with families. So really looking at how we relate to ourselves. And I think we all know that we show up as different people in different situations. So I'm different as a mom than I am as a friend and than I am as a wife. And I think that's just kind of like a known, you know, we accept it, right? You can't show up the same everywhere. We show up a little differently in different situations. So 
you know, we don't sit and think that we have a personality disorder because we show up differently in these places. But I think sometimes we have these different parts of ourselves where we're like, whoa, why did I show up that way in that situation? Or like, whoa, who was that? And there are these parts of ourselves that show up generally in situations um, and we kind of just feel like we can't control them. It's like we are kind of, it's kind of feels out of character for who we are um, as our central person. And, you know, we can start to kind of see these, call some parts, I call them parts, I can't think of a better word for it. Um, these, these characteristics of self that show up and generally, like you said, it's a part that you, you kind of hate, you dislike, and you're like, what is going on here? You know, I think parts is the right word for it too, because there actually was a point in time where I was genuinely concerned. I had multiple personality disorder, or I guess they call it now dissociative identity Mm -hmm. disorder, Mm -hmm. just that I was concerned, like, am I multiple different human beings? But no, you're right. Parts make so much more sense because however I show up in different ways, it's all still me. It's still me at the core. But why is it that I, that core, why does it show up differently in different ways? Mm -hmm. And even this, with a small example of the private jet lawyer lady on Twitter this morning, I was like that as a kid. Mm -hmm. I've always been like that. I can actually remember one of the biggest things that used to cause fights between my dad and his fiance when I was little was I was constantly correcting her. I was constantly talking over her or interrupting her to let her know that, oh, what you're saying isn't right, or you're not saying it the right way. Academics and intelligence and education were so heavily emphasized on me when I was little. I think now it's just become a part of my core is everything has to be done right. And I think going through certain parts of my life, like a lot of, you know, the traumatic things that I went through, as long as I did things right, quote unquote, or as long as I said things right, that I would be okay, that I would survive, Mm -hmm. that I would make it through that. And that's a behavior that still continues to show up. That's a part of me that still continues to Mm -hmm. show up. But I think you brought up something really, really good. And that is that, you know, you're like, this doesn't feel like me. And you brought up that I don't like this part. And, you know, addressing the fact that it's actually, it's not you. It is a part, even though it is a part of, of you, you as your authentic self is truly that, that deep core knowing, loving individual that we all are born into this world to be. Um, and then these parts show up when things happen to us and they step forward. So they're, they're our protectors. They step forward in situations where it's kind of like, gosh, I, I mean, we can go into it, but the, the whole protecting your inner child, these parts really stepped up when a part of us as a child couldn't step up to protect ourselves, or when right. a part, when ourself was not strong enough, when we weren't a strong enough leader because we were a child or we were in a, a traumatic situation, you know, it is these parts that stepped forward in an incredibly loving way to protect us. So it's such a unique way to look at it. You know, we, we tend to say, I, I hate this part of myself. I wish I could get rid of this part of myself, but really the way to look at it is these parts have taken on so much for us. And the ones that are the loudest and most intrusive in our lives are so many ways. They are truly the parts that love us the very most. Now they don't really manifest in a very helpful way. Many, many times they're the ones that we wish we can change. And when we can change them, they become our biggest allies. But at this point, I think it's just so important to recognize that these parts are not there to cause problems. They're not dysfunctional parts of self. They're parts that have stepped up and have just learned, you know, I love talking about 
about beliefs being habits of perception. It's just a habit for these parts to show up in a certain situation because it and they anticipate that something's going to happen and they are trying to protect us, the authentic self, that core self from things that we are anticipating happening. I think that makes a lot of sense, um, especially the part you just said, the part that you <laughs> said about how they show up when they recognize certain patterns, right? Or there's, there's habits. These parts have habits that they show up in certain times when they're given cues. For me, it's seeing somebody post something on Twitter or in social media that when I read it, it's like, how can you be that? Like, how can you be so dense? Like, how can you be so ignorant? What do you mean? flying on a private jet will never get old. It will absolutely get old when it's physically impossible for you to do that because the earth is on fire. That's when it will get old. And to act like flying private is not a contributing cause with all of the environmental hazards that flying on an airplane in general can cause, I guess it's almost frustrating. Like it's just this level of, again, obtuseness that I felt needed to be called out. Why did my part feel that I needed to say something about that? Why? Why is she like this? Why is she like this? I mean, we could go back to exactly what you said about your your parents. I think you said, especially your father, that education was everything and being the smartest in the room was important for you. That was a way for you to show up. That was a way for you to have the attention that maybe you weren't getting elsewhere and, and otherwise. And so- yeah, by standing up and, and raising your voice and correcting, educating. <laughs> um, that is absolutely a way to show the importance of education. But to you, you know, only because I know you so well, it was most likely, uh, we've talked about so many parts that you've had before. I wouldn't dive into this with anybody else, but you know, it was a way to get the validation and attention from your father. And so that still just shows up. And she probably still just wants validation and attention, right? 100%. Don't we all? Well, the, so so you can look at this two ways, right? So we talked about you know habits of perception, habits, and beliefs. And we will go into beliefs because that's one of my main things. Dr. Richard Schwartz talks about it as that part gets stuck. And I think we found this to be true when we work through things. It truly gets stuck when it was formed. It is almost as yes. if that part still believes that Lorna is seven years old. And it is, I will say, the weirdest thing I've ever experienced, but going in and talking to a part, which is a way to resolve and to integrate the part to self, um, talking to it, they truly, and it sounds insane to be saying it, but you can talk to, to parts. They really do, when they speak to you, think that you're much younger than you really are. And so it's not just recognizing a pattern, but it also does not realize that you're older. You haven't shown up as a leader to this part because you haven't like spoken to it, acknowledged it, except you haven't brought it along for the ride. It's almost like it's just kind of like in the sidecar beside you, just riding along. It has no idea that you've changed. And the only time I do acknowledge it is in conversations like this, where I talk about how much I dislike this about myself and how much I wish it could change. And it's probably not very, probably not very helpful for that part to hear. No, it's not, but it's not helpful for the part to hear because the harder you fight against things, I don't know, we can, again, here's another subject, the war on drugs, the harder you just push back and fight against things because they're evil and they're terrible. I mean, that part is there trying to protect your authentic self. Of course, it's going to fight back even harder. So the more you try to hate yourself into compliance and the more and more you're like, man, I hate this part of myself. That part is getting super offended because it's like, oh, more attacks. Cool. I'm going to protect that inner child. I'm going to protect truly what it is, is that authentic self, that loving, caring whole part of self that these parts are trying to protect. I know a lot of people talk about the inner child, it, specifically in terms of trauma, mm -hmm. right? That, and, and there's a whole bunch of different, you know, philosophies and treatment modalities, and we're definitely not getting into that for our purposes. 
I do feel like there's a lot of weight to your statement that the parts kind of get stuck in that age and in that place where they were first formed. Mm -hmm. And if we're using the example of my smart ass part that absolutely needs to speak up and make sure her voice is heard when it is completely unnecessary for her to do so, she definitely formed at a time when my dad started dating someone for the first six years of my life. He was just my dad. He started dating someone. He started dating someone with a child who was my age, who was definitely not at the same academic level that I was at having grown up with this huge emphasis on education. So I had nothing but opportunities for this super smart ass, smart mouth part to flex and to show how smart she is and to show how much she knows and show much better. And get attention from your father. Yes. (laughs) Get attention from the next person. That part stops seeing positive reinforcement It's almost like that part of me, she's still so active. So Mm -hmm. when I see things, when I see misstatements or even just ignorant statements online, it's so hard not for me to respond to them and throw my two cents in because to that part, that's still very valuable. That was still what got us through and how she protected me and, and that child in me all those years back then. So we talked about the different definitions of trauma and how, you know, the way that I see it doesn't align and makes me very uncomfortable to talk about trauma, especially in the capacity of a coach, but actually the way that, that I teach and the way that I really see this working is that really our parts come about from the beliefs that we established, whether we are getting those beliefs from other people or whether those beliefs are something that we have brought on as our own based on observations at a time in our life, we establish, again, these habits of perception. We establish these beliefs. And when that belief is established, we have parts of ourselves that start to act in a certain way to uphold that belief, to protect that belief, or to protect us from what that belief means. Like you said, it doesn't have to be trauma or traumatic in the traditional way that we understand that word to mean, Right. It can simply be, you know, you get into a fight or an argument with your friends. Now you don't trust anyone. You feel like everyone's out to get you. You have a hard time forming new relationships in adulthood because that part of you still very much believes that your good friends are eventually going to turn their back on you or talk about you behind their back. Oh, you mean like I have the belief that I look absolutely stupid when I run because my friend in sixth grade, when we were at Kennywood for my Pittsburgh people and I'm running to catch up to her and she tells me how dumb I look when I run when I was in sixth grade, I still, to this day, if I catch myself at the gym running in the mirror, I automatically believe I look stupid and I should stop. So oh my God, <laughs> yeah, no. So, all right, let's take it back. So you know, as you think about trauma and as you think about parts, I know that, you know, in, in No Bad Parts by Richard Schwartz, he talks a lot about trauma causing a lot of your parts to come forward. We need to think of it not just as these very large traumas where something stepped forward and we disassociated and we have a part that was taking on things. This happens in your in your day-to-day life with these little two traumas with with any trauma, right? I've, you, you talk about yourself all the time. So I'll talk about the fact that growing up, my, my dad and I weren't terribly close. Um, he was, was pretty critical. Um, you know, definitely was, was all about the grades, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, as I developed into a teenager, I just didn't want to hear it. I didn't want to talk about it. Right. And so I became very curt with him and very short with him in our interactions. And 
this is just, it went on and on. And, you know, as, as we've gotten older, my dad has done a ton of self-work on himself. He's a great guy. Um, you know, we're, we're much closer now. And for the longest time, I wanted to establish that relationship with my dad and get very close to him. But every time he would talk to me, I would still show up and be incredibly spicy. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, I, I love this man. I want to reestablish a relationship. And yet every time he opens his mouth, I become a 13 year old bitch again. That part of you recognizes a similar pattern of circumstances where they've showed up for you in the past to protect you. And you just can't help them from showing up now yeah. because they're still yeah. operating on their own. But, but you can't help them until you make them conscious. Yeah. You can help that part. And that is a whole other episode and a whole other series <laughs> of really, really deep work to be done. But, you know, you can absolutely recognize these parts and recognizing what was going on and how I was showing up with my dad and that I didn't want to. I could have hated myself. I could have been angry at myself. And I was at first until I really got very curious about why was I showing up this way? And I'm like, oh, okay, this is how I showed up as a child and as a teenager. And this protected me. And it was really unraveling why was I showing up that way? And then in the moment... <laughs> When that part stepped forward, very consciously going through an exercise, you know, a centering exercise, bringing myself back to myself, my capital S self, me, my authentic self. Big and S. then, yeah. And then choosing how I wanted to show up in that interaction. And it takes practice and it takes time and it takes, you know, help working with other people and really communicating about it and then communicating to the part to really, again, integrate that part into self. I don't want to get rid of that part. It loved me. It did what it needed to do to protect me as best it could in those moments. It needs to come along with me and it will come along with me. Uh, you wouldn't like cut off your arm if you broke it, right? You're going to heal it. You're going to bring it back to wholeness. And that's exactly what parts work is. That was one of the most valuable things you taught me. A practice that I still do is I write notes to my parts. When I feel myself struggling through a situation, I work on it. I talk to my part because again, we've done all of this work before already. So I've already got the tools. And then when I'm done, I make sure I actually write myself. I basically write myself a love letter. Um, biggest example is over the summer when I felt so stuck and I wasn't sure what I wanted. One of the things that I was floating out there was maybe I need to go get my PhD. Maybe I need another degree. Maybe I need to go back to school. And you very compassionately walked me out of that spiral. But what it led me to was investigating why is my answer go back to school? Well, now we know why. Because ever since I was little, there is a part that exists in me that believes the most important thing I can do is be educated. So if I'm feeling stuck or if I'm not moving forward or I don't like where things are, I can just go get more education. And the love letter that came out of it was telling that part, I absolutely love how much you value learning new things, accumulating information, and just broadening the depths of knowledge that you have. But right now, I really want you to come along with me as we start to learn more through experience and through doing and through living. And that was a really, really big revelation for me. And that's how it's done, folks. <laughs> you you, you literally wreck. I mean, it's it's if it is a process, but you literally recognize it, you love it, and you bring it along. Thank y'all so much for tuning in again. We will be back next week. And maybe by then you guys will have some parts you've identified that you want to bring along for the ride. Thank you, everybody. Talk next week.